Praise God, church. Okay, so first of all, I would like them, Pastor Fred, I can like for giving me the privilege to bring the word of God to you all this morning. Um, okay, so there was a time Pastor took us to a um, um, leadership summit at um, Pastor Reverend Bimini Yeboda's church. And when Reverend Samadayemi came off stage, he said that he's a very shy person. That's so when he goes off stage like that, if, he had, if he's given like two hours to preach, it will just like 30 minutes to greet everybody, all his friends in the audience. He will say, ah, Pastor, can you go, oh, I see you. I feel like doing that this morning because I want to, so that, you know, now the time I will use to preach will be very short. But glory to God, he has given me boldness to bring you the good news this morning. All right? And that's what I'm going to do. Amen. Praise God. Let us open our Bible to the book of Proverbs chapter 4. Why are you all laughing? Oh my God. I've not, I've not even scratched the surface of what Apostle Paul did. But anyways, I'm getting there now. I'm getting there. Amen. So let us turn, our, turn the Bible with me very quickly to Proverbs chapter 4. Please give us scripture. What's the name you are putting? Proverbs 4, from verse 20 to 22. Are you there? It says, my son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. I strongly believe that God has a word for somebody this morning. And I'll tell you why. So, two weeks ago, I was traveling down from Lagos to Ibadan. I was inside the train now. And I was, what was I even doing? I think I was reading a book. And then the Holy Spirit told me, write a sermon on, he gave me the topic. I don't want to disclose the topic yet. So, he asked me to write a sermon on that topic. And I was like, ah, why should I write a sermon? Why should I write a sermon? He said I should write it. So, I brought my, brought my WhatsApp and then I, I like sent the message to myself on WhatsApp. So when Pastor told me on Thursday, this Thursday that I was going to minister this morning, I was like, wow. And then I was trying to think now, what am I going to teach these people this morning? God, what do you want me to tell, tell them? And the Lord pointed me to that topic that he asked me to write about. So the reason why God has asked me to write about this topic is because he wants to bless you. He wants to bless you. He wants to bless you. He also gave me some specific words for some people. Two people, two words actually. As time goes on, I will share with us all. Let us bow down our heads as we pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I decree and declare that as I bring your word to your people this morning, it shall, it shall bear much fruit in their lives in the name of Jesus. I ask, oh God, that you think through my mind and you speak through my lips in the name of Jesus. Help me, oh God, to speak as your oracle. Help me to minister according to the ability you have given me. Let every man under the influence of my voice be blessed as they listen to me in the name of Jesus. So I have for a title this morning, The Balanced Diet. The Balanced Diet. So, in the world we live in today, if you turn to your right, this is my if you turn to your left, poor diet. If you turn to your right, poor. Front, poor. Back, poor. And then I've come to realize that the reason why it is so is because children of God are not 
doing all they are supposed to do in the kingdom. They are not doing all they are supposed to do in the kingdom. God has given the most balanced diet we need for a profitable living. God has given it to us. The most balanced diet you need for a profitable living. God has given it to us. One of the greatest, greatest preachers of our time, not, not our time actually, greatest preachers, Charles Spurgeon, he said, if you wish to know God, you must know his word. If you wish to perceive his power, you must see how he works by his word. If you wish to know his purpose before it comes to pass, you can only discover it by his word. So what is balanced diet? Dictionary describes balanced diet as, okay, says, a balanced diet contains an adequate amount of all the nutrients required by the body to grow, remain healthy, and be disease-free. Olasode Paul describes balanced diet according to the inspiration of the Holy Spirit as this. A balanced diet is the word God has given to every man for the nourishment of their spirit, soul, and body. Let us turn our Bibles to the book of John chapter 6 and verse 36. Talking about the fact that Jesus was saying, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. John chapter 6 and verse 63. Sometimes I wonder why John chapter 6 has so many verses. But it's all good. The Bible says, it is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words I speak to you are spirit and they are life. The words I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. So the balanced diet you need for the nourishment of your spirit, soul, and body is the word of God. The balanced diet you need for the nourishment of your body, spirit, and soul is the word of God. So I have some initial thoughts to share with you. There are so many. So I'm not going to like spend too much time on them. When we give our lives to praying constantly, we pray, pray, man, get about, shut up, Allah. Constantly, we will do exploits. But when we give our lives to reading, studying, and meditating upon the word of God consistently, our lives will become an exploit itself. So I would like to ask you this morning, which one would you rather be? Do exploits or be an exploit? I don't know about you, but if I were you, I'm going to pick. I, I would rather be an exploit. Because, because I'm an exploit now. Whatever I do will be what? An exploit. Amen. Praise God. The proper nourishment every believer needs for growth is the word of God. Feed on it like your life depends on it. Because in actuality, your life depends on it. Your life depends on what? The word of God. To eat balanced diet is to rob the flesh of its desires. I'll be lying to you if I tell you that the flesh doesn't have its own desires. If the spirit has its own desires, then that means the, the flesh also has its own desires. So to eat balanced diet, in other words, to eat the word of God, to read, to study, to meditate upon the word of God, is to rob, his flesh, rob the flesh of its desire. The moment you start sucking honey from the breast of God, you will have no need for any second-hand revelation. Many, many times, the reason why people run from one place to another in search of power, revelation, go for this church to that church, go from one prayer meeting to another one, is because they want revelation. They want, mm, they want to say, mm. they want that deep stuff. Whereas, the source of that power 
is in the word of God. Say the source of the power is in the word of God. The revelation you are looking for out there is in the word of God. If only we can be diligent enough to study the scriptures, to search it out. You don't feed on only bread to grow. A man that lives by bread alone sets himself up for the devil to destroy. The devil came to Jesus now in Matthew chapter 4 and verse 4. Wanted to tempt my king, imagine. Very funny guy. Asked Jesus to turn stone to bread. Do you know what Jesus told him? The Bible says, and Jesus answered and said, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. You cannot afford to live by bread alone. When I say bread, I don't mean like West Meat bread or Captain Cook bread. You understand what I'm saying? Bread alone. Spiritual growth doesn't happen by the position you occupy in a church or how long you have spent in a church. By the grace of God, I have spent over 20 years of my life in this church. Right from when the other church was still here, right from when this pulpit was still here. I know you all can, some of you cannot read. Yeah, it's okay, it's okay. It's all right. Spent a whole lot of years in this church. But guess what? That is not what brings spiritual growth. Yeah, it is part of it. Go to church. All right, serve God. But what brings spiritual growth is not the position you occupy. It's not by being a pastor. Or even a, there are pastors that are not. So it's not by the position. All right? It's just like going to the gym now. And all you do is take selfies. I know there are some people like that. I'm not going to mention anybody's name. I promise. I know that they are my friends. I've been there before now. So, in, you know when the year starts now? Hey, if it's one minute. When the year starts now, you say, ah, New Year resolution. Can you call? So, I set one goal now. I want to go to the gym. Can you call? Oh, my, this is big. So, that when people see me, so that when I, wear, I don't want to wear all those my shirt anymore. I don't want them to size me anymore. I did two weeks. Eh? And now two weeks. And I'll go now. I'll wear my black, black. I'll take selfie. Mirror. Psh, mirror selfie. Psh. Will that make me grow? Will that make me get biceps and my... No! It's not by the... Poly- you can be the person that even planted this church. And... So it's not by the position. That's what I'm trying to say. It's not by the position. Amen. Praise God. Our growth as children of God is dependent on what we feed on. The more you feed, the more you grow. The more you feed, the more you grow. A believer that wants to grow spiritually must eat LD. Eating junk leads to destruction. I would like to describe junk here as everything contrary to God's word. Junk. 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 Everything contrary to God's word. Whatever you can think of. Anything, anything you can think of that is contrary to the word of God is junk. If you claim to be hungry for God, you must go all out to get that balanced diet. A lot of us find it very hard, very hard to go all out for God, to search the scriptures. We find it hard. It's, it's work. But we can carry books that are as big as this and we read. The reason why we are reading now is so that we grow spiritually. The people that read those books, they studied the word. Wait, hold on. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying don't read the book, don't read books, or don't go to church. I hope you are getting what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that you must get to a point in your work with God that you can say, you can do things by yourself. I'm not having to call Pastor Fred or Pastor Paul Jr. <laughs> Amen, praise God. 
so we must go all out for the, for, 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 to, to eat LD. If we are hungry, eh, normal like hunger, normal hunger, we go all out. Me, I don't know about others. So me, I have a very, very bad eating habit. Have you, I can, so I'm trying not to speak pigeon. I, I like to speak pigeon. Really. So I can go like several hours without eating. In fact, I find it hard to eat breakfast. Okay, I can't call it breakfast anymore. I, I find that to eat breakfast earlier than 12, 11.30. But some people can go, when they are hungry like this, I have a friend. I told him I'm going to say this thing on stage, and he agreed. So we went to Lagos now for a job. It's not even that don't work. We went to Lagos for a job. And when we got to Lagos, <laughs> we, went to, we got to this canteen now, and this guy ordered nine wraps of a bar. He ordered, wait, he ordered nine wraps of ever. And I was like, ah, bro, kiniko, kiniko. So when we started like shouting at him, that bro, do you want to kill yourself? This and that. So he removed one. He had, he had eight wraps of ever. Big, big about, big, big. Trust me, I cannot eat. If I eat three of that ever, that means you have promised me one million naira. I cannot eat three of that ever. I hope he can eat, he can read eight chapters of the Bible. Mm. In one sitting. I'm just joking. You can't actually. Amen. Praise God. So the question is, and you are saying hey, balance diet. Can you call, can you call? Why should I eat balanced diet? Is it by force? Is it by force to read the word of God? Can you call, can you? Is it by force? The reason why you must eat balanced diet is because there is a constant war between your flesh and your spirit that only the word of God can help you win. Your flesh and your spirit are fighting. Bish, 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 bish. Anthony Joshua and who? And Tosinari. So you, have, you used to go to the gym now. Your flesh and your spirit, they are fighting. Let's turn about, I've not got any scriptures since one. Let's turn about to Galatians chapter 6 and verse 8. Galatians 6 and verse 8. It says, Whosoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap what? Whosoever sows to please the spirit, from the spirit will reap eternal life. Next. Let us not become weary in doing good. For in due season we will reap if we faint not. Galatians chapter 5 and verse 17. There is a constant war between your flesh, where's my Galatians, and your spirit. Galatians 5 and verse 17. He says, For the flesh lost against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh, and they are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. Another translation says, They are at war. So your flesh and your spirit, your flesh wants to have you, but you must say, Sophia, God forbid. So there's a, that's why you must eat the word of God. That's why you must eat balanced diet. It is only the word of God can, that can help you overcome the flesh. Romans chapter 8 and verse 1 now. He says, For there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. I want to quote it right. The Bible also says in Romans chapter 5, Romans chapter 8 and verse 5, he says that he that, he that has his mind set on what the flesh desires, does what? does the things of the flesh. But he that has his mind set on what the spirit desires, obeys the flesh, obeys the spirit. Obeys the spirit. There is a war between your flesh 
and your spirit. The number two reason why you must eat balanced diet is because it is an instruction from the Lord. It is what? An instruction from the Lord. The moment you step into the household of, the moment you say, Lord Jesus, I confess you as my Lord and Savior, God gives you this manual. You must eat it. You must feed on it. Daily, you must feed on it. Joshua 1, 8. This book of the Lord shall not do what? Depart out of your mouth. It is an instruction from the Lord. The anchor scripture we read, Proverbs chapter 4, and verse 20 says, My son, my son, do what? Incline your ears to my saying. Another translation says, Pay attention to my sayings. The latter part of the verse says that, For it is health to your body. It is good health to your body. So it is an instruction from God. So if you are thinking, ah, why must I, ah, 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 it is an instruction from the Lord. Now you are asking, okay, it is an instruction from the Lord. What do I do with it? I must say, okay, what do I do with it? Number one, war with it. War with the word. Do what? War with the word of God. No man goes to war with the word of God and comes back defeated. No man. No man. No man. No man. No man goes to war with. Do you know what the word of God is? The sword of the spirit. Ephesians, Ephesians 6 now. Let's go there. So you know what the word of God is. Ephesians chapter 6 from verse 11 to... Good. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Next. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Next. Wherefore, take on the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in all evil, withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand, stand therefore. Having done not to stand, stand therefore. I want to jump to verse 17. He says, And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word, the word of God. The Bible says we should take on the sword of the Spirit. So the, the word of God is, is a sword. You can go to war with it. You can go to war with that addiction. You can go to war with that pain, that sickness, that limitation, that barrier. You can go to war with the word. And it will come crashing down. You can go to war with the word. 2 Corinthians chapter 20, there was a man called Jehoshaphat. Some people gathered together against him now. Ammon, Moab, and Montiel, something like that. They gathered. Let's go and, let's go and, let's go and, let's go and kill praise because Judah is praise. Let's go and destroy Kinnikon. And then the Bible says that they gathered now. Do you know what Jehoshaphat did? Let us go to verse 18. I'll show you what you find. Okay, let's go to verse 20. Oh, good. So after the decree came now, now okay, well, there is a war that's going to happen now. All right? The uh, Moabites, Ammonites, Monsignor guys, they have already taken their position. Joseph has said, the Bible says, and they rose early in the morning and went forth into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went forth, Joseph stood and said, hear me, O Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem, believe in the Lord, you believe in the Lord your God, so shall you be established. Believe in your prophets, so shall you prosper. Next. 
And when he consulted with the people, he appointed singers unto the Lord and that should praise the beauty of his holiness. And as they went out before the army and say, praise the Lord for his mercy, endure it forever. There is a war going on and you are sending a special house choir to go and face AK-47. You are not even saying they should be saying, they should be saying, go. You are not even saying they should be like, you are asking them to say, praise the Lord for his good and his mercy and joy forever. Now you are wondering, eh, Shabit is just words. How is that the word of God? Turn your Bible to, okay, don't need to turn, turn your Bible to it. I know it. Psalm 136 and verse 1. What does it say? It says, praise the Lord for his good and his mercy and joy forever. Jehoshaphat sent the word of God to the, to the battlefield. Hey, 40 minutes. Do you know what happened? You know what happened? The Moabites and co. They started. Each time, I, each time I think about this scripture, I just laugh. They started helping each other. Moab and I mean, we came together. Okay, let us go and fight. Okay, four people, please come quickly, quickly. Please. I need four people. I need four people. Very quick, very quick, very quickly. Please, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Quick, quick, quick. Good. No, you are not Moab in Jesus' name. You are not. I'm not. You are not. All of these things. So. Three of them now, they came together. No, now gather together against me. Is that how you gather? So you don't know how to gather. Where well, it's good that you don't know how to gather, gather shall. So they want to attack me now. Right? The three of them, they planned. It's not like they saw each other on the street, oh, that, uh, ah, let, ah, fine, where did they go? I want to go destroy that Jehoshaphat guy. It's not like, hey, Nadia, Mr. No, they planned. Say, oh, yeah, let us go and attack Jehoshaphat. And then they gathered now. The Bible says they helped to kill one another. So this one turns to this one. Uh, uh, why, is now your, why is your wife now like this now? Uh, see, this, you're, see your sword. Which kind of sword be this now? No, my papa, this one, this one, choke this one. Ah, choke him, choke him, choke him, choke him. Oh, yeah, fall down, die, 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 die. Good. This one said, ah, ah, why did you not kill my guy like this now? Which kind of thing? Who won't come? I will go, go fight. We will take fight Jehoshaphat now. This one said, eh, so I want to keep him back and go check. This one said, eh, Amy. Oh, yeah, show him street now. This. And this one died. There was another guy now. And the Bible says they helped to destroy one another. That is what happens when you go to war. With the word of God. Expression house, I want you to go to war with the word of God. No sickness, no pain, no disease should survive in your body. No addiction should survive your body. No, no, no. The word of God is a sword. What with it? The word is a battleground. And we must live our lives from inside the spirit. The real source of our strength is from the inside. The real source of our strength is from the inside. When you go to war with the world, you return victorious. Let me give us some scriptures. Second Chronicles chapter 20 and verse 21 and Psalm 136 and verse 1. Number one, I said what? War with it. Number two, study it. The man that gives himself to the study of God's word graduates from being an ordinary man to being illuminated by the light of the word of God. The Bible says the entrance of God's word gives light and it gives understanding to the simple. Study the word. You must be a student of the word. You must be a student of the word. To benefit maximally from the word of God, you must be a student of the word. The more time you spend in the word, the less time you want to spend in the word because it creates hunger and thirst for the things of God. You cannot find the things of God in the world. You cannot. You cannot be tossed back and forth by every wind of doctrine if you are a student of the word. If you are a student of the word, you stand Gidiba. Nothing can shake you. Say, I stand Gidiba. I stand in the bar. If I say a word, nobody can toss you back and forth. Because when they say something now, they want to toss you, they want to say this, 
you go back because what you are a student of the world. You go and check it. This thing they are saying, is it true? What does it mean to study the world? To devote oneself to something. Um, media, please give me First Kings chapter 8 and verse 61. So I need to rush down. Oh, God. First Kings chapter 8 and verse 61. Very quickly. First Kings 8, 61. Devote yourself to something. Let your heart therefore be perfect with the Lord, our God, to walk in his statutes and to keep his commandments. Number two. What does it mean to study? To give careful analysis to something. Line upon line, precept upon precept, thread upon thread. You are underlining. You are saying, the Bible says, for God so loved the world. Hmm. Why does he love the world? You are asking questions. Do you know what? It, there are some Christians in the book of Acts. The Bible says, just like God, Holy Spirit is teaching you guys through me now. What they do is that after the sermon, they go back home to check this thing where they don't talk, say not true. Oh, sorry, I speak preaching. I'm sorry. My bad. Is it true? They go back to God's word. That's what it means to study, to, to, to study the word of God. To learn the nature and the truth of something. If you want to learn the truth about God, you have to be a student of the word. You have to study the word of God. You have to study the word of God. There, there, there is the place for books, but the most important place should be for... The most important place should be for what? I'm not saying you should not read your school books. So. Reverend George Adebo was speaking one day. He said, prayer is, <laughs> prayer is a gun. The word of God is the bullet. If you, have a, if you have a gun without a bullet, they will kill you and them. So you can pray from now to tomorrow. If you don't have the word of God inside that prayer, you are just wasting your time. Number three, believe it. Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now faith is the substance of things over and the evidence of things not seen. So I will not be able to read the scriptures now. So I will just tell us. Believe it. Acts chapter 16 and verse 31. Hebrews 11 and verse 16. John chapter 14 and verse 1. Believe is having unquantifiable commitment to the word of God. To believe God's word means to accept it raw as it is. You are not subtracting. You are not adding to it. Raw, raw as it is. You take it the way it is. The way it is. The Bible says that I am the head and not the tail. You are taking it as it is. You are not saying that, ah, but there's no but. You are taking it as it is. You are taking it as it is. Believe it. Number four, meditate on it. Meditate on it. Meditate on it. Hide the word of God in your heart. The Bible says, it is your word that I have done what? That I have eaten in my heart that I may not sin against you. It will be hard for sin to enter into your heart if you have the word of God there. Because it will do what? It will bounce back. It will bounce back. That's what the word of God can do for you. So meditate upon it. Think upon it. Philippians 4 and verse 4. Whatever thing. Oh God. Meditate upon it. Number 5. Confess it. Numbers 14, 28. Tell them, as truly as I live, just say the Lord. Whatsoever I hear you say in my hearing, that will lie one to you. He's saying that whatever I hear you say in my hearing, if you say I am blessed, you have it. If you say I am healed, you have it. Confess the word of God. Many, many years ago, Pastor Fred said, when you maintain your confession of faith, you are giving Jesus something to present before God. I want to encourage you this morning. Send words into the future. Send words into the future. 
sent words into the future. God talked about the coming of Jesus Christ over 2,000 years ago, before he came. He spoke about, speak, send words into the future. When he sends words into the future, the words will prepare a place for you. Organize things. Organize things. That's what happens when you send words into the future. Words have legs. They can move. I have decided the moment my children are born into the world, as I collect them from Dr. Anne like this, my mouth is going into their ears, declaring the word of the Lord. Before they wake up one morning and say that hey, I'm a woman and you're a guy. Before they even have the kidney of saying, I want to choose my gender. Because, Nibo, I will choose it for you. Do you know why? My mom and dad didn't let me choose my gender. I would choose this for you. So when you are growing up, the, the blessed words have, this, have declared into their heads. You go, they follow them. They cannot fear. Do you know why? Because the word of God is inside there. And they cannot fear. Can the word of God fail? If the word of God lives in you, you cannot fail. Period. If the word of God lives in you, you cannot fail. Ah, yesterday night, I was having my bath. And, okay, not yesterday night. Yeah, it was yesterday night. I said, my bath. And Jesus said, this one, I thought about this for a moment. He said, the devil is so weak. It takes just one word from God to defeat him. The devil is so weak. You don't need 3,000 words from God. Just one word from God. Just one word from God. Science, you begin to, so when you go to the gym now, not like my own kind of gym, when you go to the gym and you are pumping iron, you are pumping iron, this same, my, this same friend I ate eight ever. Okay, I'm not even. Ate eight ever. He goes to the gym a lot. I'm already giving you too, inform too many information. Mm -hmm. He's my friend. There's nothing I can do about it. We are still going out together tonight. Nothing we good. He goes to the gym every now and then. And we are not seeing anything. We are not seeing anything. He will say, ah, Omo, I do nine reps. What are those things? What are those? All those things will be like for that math. I do nine reps. I do nine reps. I will say, bro. If you if you are going to if you are pumping iron, nobody needs to tell you. We see it. Am I pumping iron? No. Can you see it? Yes. You, no. Am I no no don't get wait. Am I pumping iron? Are you seeing it? You are seeing that I'm not pumping iron now. Uh -huh now. But guess what? Guess what, guys? Now I am pumping iron. In the word of God. That's the, that's the best iron to pump. I'm telling you. That's the best iron to pump. So you start seeing some signs now. Alright. So what are the signs you start seeing? That you are, you are feeding on the word of God. That you are eating bad and But my round signs come. Hmm. You no longer live for yourself. You no longer live for yourself. Expression house. The only... The only life worth living is the life lived for God. The only, only, only life worth living is the life lived for God. Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20. My senior brother in the Lord says, I have been crucified with Christ. Galatians 2.20. I want it in the... Okay, let's read it together. I want to go. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet, not I. But Christ liveth in me. And the life which I live now in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. 
the moment you give your life to Christ, you no longer have your life to yourself. Your life belongs to Jesus. Your life belongs to God. So you no longer live for yourself. You live for Jesus. Touch your neighbor. Say, live for Jesus. If you are eating well, if you are eating balanced diet, you cannot afford to, you can't live for yourself because you will see in the scripture that you must live for Jesus. The only life worth living is life lived for God. The essence of our existence is to live for God. Life begins the moment you start, you make a decision to start living for God. Like that's when life, that's when you now start to live life by. The moment you make a decision, the moment you start living for God. The number two sign you, sign you will see is you begin to walk in love. Ah. Oh God, I hated one of my colleagues back then with intense hatred. If you ask me what she did to me, I cannot say this is the exact thing she did. I just hated her. I don't just want to see her. I don't, I, this is coming like this. One day God sat me down. But all these things you are doing, don't hate you, and you claim that you love me. You are deceiving yourself because loving people is seeing them the way God sees them. Regardless of your beliefs, regardless of your political differences. Ah, during that particular period, you will have everything. I don't want to even mention. You have everything to hate people. But because we are love beings, because God is love and he dwells in us, we must do what? Walk in love. So when you start feeding on the word of God, the number two sign you see is you begin to walk in love. The Bible says, a new commandment I have given you. John chapter 13, 34 to 35. Love your neighbor as I have loved you. He's not saying, no, he's saying, I'm giving you a new one. Uh, love your neighbor as yourself. But sometimes you don't love yourself. So how will you love your neighbor? So he's saying, I'm giving you a new commandment. Love your neighbor as I have loved me. How have I loved you? Unconditionally. Sacrifice for you. So if you are working in love, and you claim you love your neighbor, you'll be able to make some sacrifices. You must love them unconditionally. Second, 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 1. The truth of the matter is that if we claim we love God, and we are not loving people. You are just, we are just deceiving ourselves. If you, if you are not walking in love towards people, do you know what the Bible calls you? I need somebody to go on the drum. Um, I just need somebody to eat that simba for me. Quick, 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 please. Thanks. Just the simba. Hold on. So you are praying now. Man, bledebo, shuka, talaba, shalaba. Man, eat it. Eat it, eat it, eat it. Man, you are praying in tongues, but this is how you are sounding in heaven. You are just a clanging cymbal. So you are deceiving yourself. If God loves everybody, it is your duty to love everybody. If you have an understanding of what Christ has done for you, and in you, you will let his love flow through you. If you understand what Christ has done in you, for you, and through you, you will let his love flow through you. Another sign you start seeing is, you start putting God first in all that you do. Matthew 6, 33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And every other thing shall be added unto you. Many, many times we leave the seek ye first. We leave the, his kingdom. We leave his righteousness. We chase after every other thing that will be added unto us. If we seek God first. And the most crazy part is that we go on to seek those things. And at the end of the day, we don't have them. Do you know why? Because he has given us a command. Seek me first. All these things you are chasing after. They will start, they will start chasing you. 
That's what the word of God says. Seek ye first. Especially now, seek God first. In all that you do, seek God first. Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 5 to 6. He says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. God wants to direct your path. He doesn't want you to trust in your own understanding. Your understanding will fail. Your understanding will fail. Your understanding, that's why God is saying, don't trust in it. Shebi, let me give you this understanding. It, it is just for, Shere, Shere. It is my own that you should trust in. Don't trust in, and I will, drive, I will direct your path. God wants to direct our path. Run the affairs of your life on his track. Run the affairs of your life on his track. If you trust in me enough, it will make your feet like the deer's feet. It will make your feet like the deer's feet. You will run and you will not be weary. You will walk and you will not faint. That's what the word of God will do for you. If you put him first in all that you do, in your academics, in your finance, in your business, in your family, put him first. Before you make that decision, put God first. Talk to your neighbor, say, put God first. Put God first. It will direct your path. Amen. Praise God. God wants to direct your path. God wants to direct your path. God wants to direct your path. God is saying that he wants to give some people divine direction this morning. He wants to give some people divine direction. That's one of the words the Lord gave me. That I should tell you people. He wants to give you divine direction. But you must put me first. You must put me first. Put God first. Put God first. A man that puts God first sets himself up for divine direction from God. Divine direction is guaranteed because God knows the end from the beginning. John 1 1. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. If I were you, I would put my life in the word, in, in the word of God. I would put my life in the hands of the person that knew me. Right from my mother's womb. I would put my life in the hands of the person that was before the beginning began. God, He has no beginning of days, nor the end of life. Put your life in His hands, and you can go to sleep. You cannot see the end of God. You cannot even. You think God started from Genesis? They play. He was before the beginning began. And what did the Bible say? The Bible says in Genesis, in the beginning God created, and He was before that in the beginning began. So put your life in His hands. See what is going to happen in the next 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years if Jesus doesn't come by then. God knows. God knows now what is going to happen to you tomorrow. God knows. So if I were you, I would say, ah. Since you know the road, have it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When you start putting God first. So you start getting some benefits now. All right. I don't know the benefits people get from going to the gym. Except for the fact that you have this thing and this thing. I don't know. But I shall know that when you eat my own gym, when you pump my own iron, which is the word of God. Funny enough, the sword is, sword is iron now. Mm. Mm. Everybody say, hmm. Benefits of eating balanced diet. God begins to reveal deep things to you. The Bible says, the secret things does what belongs to God, but the things which are revealed belong to us and our children. Give me Deuteronomy chapter 29 and verse 9. The secret things belong to God. God wants to reveal kingdom secrets to you. He wants to reveal things to you. But are you ready to feed on the word of God? Are you ready to eat the gym of the word? Jeremiah 33 and verse 3. He says, call upon me and I will answer you. And I will show you what? Great and mighty things which thou knowest not. God wants to show you great and mighty things you do not know. He says you should call upon him. How can you even call upon him if you don't know how to call upon him? How do you know how to call upon him? By the word of God. The Bible says in 3 John 5, 14, this is the confidence that we have in God. That whatsoever we ask according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, we have whatever we have petitioned for. How can you even know the will of God if you are not eating the gym. God wants to show you secret things. There was a man called 
Abraham in Genesis chapter 18 and verse 17. God said, this thing that I'm about to do, will I hide this for my friend? Abraham, can God call you friend? Especially else, can God call? Ask yourself. Don't, 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 just, just answer your question, the question yourself. Say, can God call me friend? Can God call you friend? This thing I'm about to do. And then God went ahead now to reveal it to Abraham. That, bro, my guy, I want to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. And then Abraham went on to negotiate with God. Can you negotiate with God? You cannot negotiate with me, if, if, with God, if you don't have intimacy with him. Uh-huh. God wants to call you friend. That is God's desire. That is God's desire. The reason why God gave us his word is so that we can know him. So that we can be close to him. Especially us, you need to be tired of the basis of God. Basic, just, uh, man. You need to be tired of that. You need premium, pro, advanced of God. Proverbs 25 and verse 2. Daniel 2. It's, oh, I love this Daniel story. There was a king called Nebuchadnezzar. Why will you go to bed? You sleep. You dream. You can't make a call interpret them. Without even telling me the dream. He said, I'm going to kill all of you. I'm trying to paraphrase now. I'm going to kill all of you if you cannot give me the interpretation. Now, he's not even asking for the interpretation. He's telling them, tell me the dream. That I, was I in your sleep? I they do like this now. I was not in your sleep. He's saying that. Tell me that dream. And tell me the interpretation. So the astrologers, the clinical, the wise, the wise men. Guys, don't trust in your own wisdom. It will fail. Only the wisdom of God will not fail. He said, ah, there's nobody that can give interpretations to this thing, no. Only God. Only God. Only God can give you. Do you know what the Bible says? It calls us as he is, so we are. So you are a God. He says, the, the wise man said, only God, small letter G, can give you. Can give you the interpretation of the dream. They said, so when it was time to kill Daniel and his friend now, the, um, what's his name? Oh? Arioch. The king's, his name is Arioch, I think. He came to Daniel, oh yeah, he won in Kukan. You are next to be slaughtered. And then, ah, why is the king's decree so harsh now? Calm down. I have a God that, can, that I can go to. I will ask him for the interpretation of this dream. And he will give, he didn't say all of this, man. You know I'm a filmmaker, so he needs to add to the script. Say, I have an interpretation to this dream. And say, oh yeah, I'll give you some time. And Daniel went to the Lord. Daniel 2, and verse 18. He went to the Lord. Long story short, the dream, the interpretation was revealed to Daniel. Do you know why God kept the dream from Nebuchadnezzar? Do you know why God kept the interpretation from him? He kept it because he knows that he has a son in Daniel that will come for the interpretation. He has a son in Daniel. Can God keep the interpretation of some visions from your boss because he knows that he has a son, he has a daughter that will come and ask for it? God doesn't keep things from us. He keeps them for us. The Bible says it is God's glory. It is his glory. It is his glory. To keep matters. To conceal the matter. But it is the honor of what? Kings. To search it out. The Bible says we are kings and priests unto what? Unto God. So it is our honor. To, it is our duty to search it out. We must search it out. We must search it out. Oh. Amen. Praise God. Life is tough. The struggle is real. But guess what? Jesus envisaged it and sent the Abba. Send the Holy Spirit. So God will begin to reveal things to you. God will begin to reveal things to you. Number two, you begin to know God, his ways, and his acts. 
You begin to know God, his ways, and his act. Some people in Psalm 103 and verse 7, the Bible said they know the acts of God. Especially you need to get tired of the acts of God. All you see is just his miracles. You need to know his ways. Moses knew the way of God. The Bible says in Psalm 103 and verse 7, you made known your ways unto Moses and your acts unto the children of Israel. God wants to make known his ways and his acts. He wants you to know his ways. He wants you to know how he, how he did all things and his acts. That's what he wants. So God begins to, you begin to know God. And the benefit of knowing God is that he begins to do exploits. Daniel 11, 32. For they that do know their God shall be strong and they shall do exploits. Number three, you begin to understand that seasons change. Yes, seasons change. Genesis 8, 22. What does it say? As long as the earth remains, seed time, harvest. Day and night, summer and winter, heat and cold, we never cease. Seasons change. Oh, my people, seasons change. Apostle Peter went from denying Jesus three times to preaching the word of God. Apostle Paul, formerly known as Saul, went from persecuting the church to planting churches. Seasons change. The season you are in right now is not your best yet. God is taking you places. If only you will search the word. If only you will be a student of the word of God. God wants to take you to places you can never imagine. Seasons change. I would like to encourage somebody this morning. What you are going through is subject to change. So far you can see it. It is subject to change. So far it has a name. It is subject to change. It is subject to change. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8 and verse 18, For I consider that our present sufferings are not what compared to glory that shall be revealed in us. Turn to your neighbor say, glory is coming. Glory is coming, glory is coming, glory is coming. Glory is coming. Expression as glory is coming. Seasons change. The Bible says that there is time for everything. A man went from being a special advisor to the king to getting himself imposed on, on something he planted by himself and then died. Seasons change. Seasons change. When you feast on the word of God daily, you discover what to do in this season. This season you are in, there is something to do. Guess what? I'm not going to tell you what to do. Because I don't have the time. There is only something to do in whatever season we find ourselves in. Only God can reveal that to you. How? Through the word. What you should be doing now, instead of worrying, instead of crying, instead of weeping in this season, what you should be doing is in the word. Go and search it out. You begin to see, the, you begin to see yourself in the light of God's word. You begin, number four, you begin to see yourself in the light of God's word. Who are you? Let me show you who you are. Let me show you who you are. Please give me First Peter chapter 2 and verse 9. Let me show you who you are. Let me show you who you are. Expression house. You are not a conqueror. You are more. You are more than a conqueror. But you cannot know. You cannot know that you are more than that. You are more than this. If you don't cite the word of God. This is who you are. The Bible says, ye are a chosen generation. A royal priesthood. The only nation. A peculiar people. That you may show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Mm, marvelous light. Only a few people can read it. Ah, that is who you are. Expression as that is who you are. You are God's most prized possession. But guess what? You will never know if you do not eat balanced diet. You are God's most prized possession. Lastly, there will be clarity of purpose. 
That's the second word God said, I should tell the house this morning. He wants to give some people divine direction and he wants to give some people clarity of purpose. Your purpose will be very clear. Every man was created for a purpose. God didn't create you out of boredom. He created you for a specific purpose. The most frustrating thing that can happen to any man is to be alive and not know the reason of being alive, for being alive. The reason why many people live their lives carelessly is because they do not know that the purpose of God for their lives has a major role to play in the lives of generations to come. So many souls, so many people, lives are attached to your purpose. So you must discover purpose. You must discover purpose and you must fulfill it. There was a man in Mark chapter 5 and verse 18. Madman of Gadara. The devil bound him with all sorts of things. Long story short, he met Jesus. He met Jesus. When he met Jesus, Jesus, of course now, you cannot meet Jesus and your life will never be the same. He met Jesus and he got healed. When he got healed, the Bible said that he sat down with Jesus. He sat down with Jesus. You need to sit down with the world. Let me not show you what happened after he sat down with Jesus. The Bible said that when Jesus was leaving, he said, Master, I want to go with you. Do you know what Jesus told him? Go into the world and preach all that I have done for you. Go and proclaim the goodness of the Lord. That was that man's purpose right from when he was created. He was created to be an evangelist. But you know what the devil did? Bound him. The devil doesn't want you to fulfill purpose because he knows that the moment you start fulfilling purpose, you become a terror to his kingdom. Become a terror to his kingdom. Become a terror to his kingdom. Without the discovery of purpose, the existence of a man is meaningless. If you don't discover purpose, you are just, just living life. God's purpose for your life is definite in his mind. He's not, God is not unsure of your purpose. He is very sure of what he created you for. Miles Monroe said, when the purpose of a thing is not understood, abuse is inevitable. If I do not know the purpose of this keyboard, I can bring my clothes to iron on it. Because I don't know the purpose. Many, many times, when people abuse their purpose, it's because they don't know it. The reason why you go about doing things contrary to the word, word of God, you know them. I don't need to mention them. You know. It's because you don't know that. Many lives are attached to your purpose. Jeremiah 1.5 Before I formed you, I knew you. God created you with his purpose for your life in his mind. You must do all you can, expression house, to fulfill the purpose of God for your life. The faster you start fulfilling your purpose, the lesser the darkness in the world will become. Because the primary purpose of every man is to shine the light of Christ. That's your primary purpose. I don't know your second, but I know your primary purpose is to shine the light of Christ. Your purpose is to propagate the gospel. Your purpose continues the work Jesus started. That's your purpose. Your purpose is to continue what Jesus started. Ah. Your purpose is to continue what Jesus started. I have discovered purpose. Though. I don't know about you, but I have. And I am doing all I can, laboring in the world daily 
fulfill it. To fulfill it. Without Christ, all of these things we are at the top don't even concern you. Oh, well, it concerns you, but you cannot benefit from all of these things. You must live a purpose-driven life. Every day of your life, you must be driven by your purpose. But if you don't even know that purpose, how will you fulfill it? You need to cite the word. You need to be a student of the word of God. You need to be a student of the word of God. You need to eat it daily. You need to be intentional with God. God is said to do greater. That is his desire. I want to bless these people. I want, to do, I want them to perform signs and wonders. But you are not searching the world. God wants to reveal kingdom secrets to you. He wants to reveal kingdom secrets to you. Let me share a story with you. Some time ago, I was praying. And the Holy Spirit, I was praying, I was praying, I was praying, I was praying. And the Holy Spirit told me that somebody is about to get raped. Mention the person's name. I said, ah, ah. Nino join, no. Nibiti mowa. No way. So I did like this now. You know when, they, when God speaks to you, you shake your head. Like, I was not thinking about her or anything. No. She said she's about to get raped. I said, ah, okay. I challenged my prayer towards that direction. I started praying. In the midnight. And two days after, this sister saw me now. She came to me and she said, Paul, do you know I almost got raped? So, 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 day. I said, what time? It was the exact time I was praying. The more you spend time in the word of God, the more he will reveal things to you. I want to encourage you this morning. Eat the word of God. Make it your necessary food. The Bible says, I have esteemed your word. What I'm what? My necessary food. Eat it. Confess it. Confess the word of God. Hide it in your heart. Hide it in your heart. Let me share another story with us. One day, some years ago, it was Moni and I, my younger sister, my beautiful younger sister. We are at home, like, so we are at home at night now, and midnight actually, like from the night of 24 to the Christmas day, and some, so Androbas were robbing from like, let's say from the junction, all right? So let's say this is our house. Hmm, especially is our house. So they were robbed. They robbed all the houses, collected all their phones, everything, so that they cannot even say, let us call police. They made sure they raided all the houses. So when they got into our house, they got into our compound. Ah! They got into our compound. My sister, <laughs> very small then. She ran somebody out. She's shaking. Papo, 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 papo. You know what I did? I said, He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will see of the Lord is my refuge and my fortress. My God! Whom will I trust? I started quoting the scriptures. I started confessing the word of God. Do you know what happened when they entered our compound? I will never forget that name. One of them called. He said, Bogo, Bogo. That's the name of one of the people that entered. He said, Bogo, Bogo. May we leave that house. The devil cannot penetrate. Timothy sent word into the air. Timothy sent word of the spirit. If he dares enter that gate, sword we caught him. I'm very sure of it. 
You must be able to walk with the word of God. What is the addition doing in your life? What? What is that pain? Jesus paid for everything. Okay, so why did Jesus not go to the cross? If you see a pain in your body, then send it out. If symptoms persist, take another. You can never have an overdose of the word of God. You can eat it and again and again and again and again and again and again, and your life will be better for it. Before I started working with God, so I didn't know I was going to share this story. So you have been walking back and forth. It's because I've been struggling my spirit. Ah, should I share this? Is it time? But I think it's time. So before I started working with God, I did a lot of crazy things. So sometimes I come up and I say that, ah, if you know the crazy things I've done in this life, you know that I don't deserve to be alive. I always say that I am all I am by the grace of God. And I always say that for while I was walking dead, while I was a dead man, Christ died for me. So I did a lot of crazy things now. So I was a fraudster. Okay, so that's too. I was a Yahoo boy. Yeah, pastor. I was a Yahoo boy. This Yahoo, I can't even mention the site back then. Blast me, do all sorts of things. Make money. Okay, I didn't really make money that much. Because as I was doing these things, I was still coming to church. Years ago, in fact, I don't think I've even joined a special house. No, I've not joined a special house. I was still in secondary school, all of those things. I would do Yahoo now during the week, Sunday, normal, enter church. So I couldn't give myself to, fully to it. We even did jazz. I remember we take, we take, they call it Oka. Oka is ring. Oka Elo. We take it to Obakimbi School. We put it inside banana tree for seven days. So that when we blast, we used to call it, we used to call it back then blast. When we blast, when we shash it, the clients will come through. Did all of those things. Did all of those crazy things. But you know what God did? He sent Jesus to die for me. He sent Jesus to die for me. He sent Jesus to die for me. Truly, I was created to do the work of my father. And that work, I will do it till the very end. I want to encourage you, especially now this morning. The only life that is worth living is the life lived for Jesus. The only life worth living is the life lived for Jesus. Without life, you are like Lazarus. You are, not any, you are not different from Lazarus. I'm not saying the living Lazarus. The dead Lazarus. You are just like Lazarus. I was Lazarus. If you are in the house this morning and you don't have Jesus, you are Lazarus. You are dead. You are a dead man walking on two legs. Ha. I was Lazarus. But you know what Jesus did? He did not bring me out of the tomb to bring me out and then clean me to make me a perfect fit for salvation. He didn't bring me out to say, let me clean this body so I can die for you. No. Inside my grave, inside my sin, Christ died for me. I'm extending the message of grace to somebody this morning. Christ died for you. The only life worth living is the life lived for God. I don't know why I cannot even get past that point. The only life worth living is the life lived for God. Let us rise up on our feet. 
Rise up on your feet this morning. The only life worth living is the life lived for God. If you have not started living for God, if you have not made Jesus the Lord of your life, you are wasting your time. You are wasting your time. You are wasting your time. God's purpose for your life is nothing compared to what you are doing right now that you are outside Christ. What you are doing right now outside Christ. If you, if you think you are fulfilling a purpose and you are not in Christ, you are wasting your time because you are fulfilling the wrong purpose. The right purpose is in Christ Jesus. The right purpose can only be found in Christ. If you are here this morning and you have missed it some way or the other, you've given your life to Christ before, you went back to all of those things. I want to give you an opportunity this morning. I want to give you an opportunity this morning. Jesus is in the house to welcome you. All eyes bowed, all eyes closed. I want to give you an opportunity this morning. I want to give you an opportunity. If you are here this morning and you have not made Jesus the Lord of your life, I want you to come out. I want you to come out. If you have not made Jesus the Lord of your life, I want you to step out. Jesus is right here to save you. He wants to save you. He wants to deliver you from that addiction. He wants to deliver you from that sin. One minute to go. If you are here this morning and you have not made Jesus the Lord of your life, you have been doing one legging, one leg out.